Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now, take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. This podcast is being sponsored by Get Loopy. On episode 41, you can hear the story of Isabel, the co-founder and CEO. Get Loopy, get a 20% discount of your first order. Getloopy.com Okay. Take it from the Iron Woman. Again, we have a very special guest today. Annette from Texas is with us. And Annette and I met virtually in the TPF4, which is the podcast fellowship. Now it's called workshop because it is work. So welcome, Annette. I'm very happy to have you here on our podcast. Let's just hear from you a little bit. Well, thank you, Susanna. I appreciate you inviting me on. And I was excited to visit with you today on a just one-on-one -on -one basis. I'm Annette Carlisle. I live in Amarillo, Texas. I grew up about an hour away from here. So I never thought I'd be back here, but after my education journey for myself, my, my background is I'm a research scientist, evolutionary biologist, and did research on bats and other things. Ended up in Amarillo because my husband's an infectious disease doctor, and we got an opportunity here for him, his job, and we moved here, and I'd already had two boys, and then we had a third, so I've really spent the past part of the past 32 years in Amarillo uh, as a stay-at-home mom. I was a volunteer in lots of things in the community, but having my kids start in the public schools here really got me interested in education. And I served 19 years on the school board. I'm now on the college board at Amarillo College, a community college here. I did a lot of nonprofit work around systems level change. I think that comes from my mm -hmm. background around educational attainment and poverty, mm -hmm. uh, trying to move people out of poverty through education and create you know, better opportunities for everyone. I'm also uh, involved, you had asked about leadership women. Uh, mm -hmm. There's an organization that's 30 some odd years old called Leadership Women. And it started out maybe under a different name, but it started back in Texas and it evolved into, into what it is now, which is Leadership Women. And our focus is on two programs mainly, Leadership Texas and Leadership America. Our job through this is to help grow uh, and assist women leaders. We do it by bringing large groups of women together from across the country or at mm -hmm. least across the state. So you can imagine that right now during the coronavirus uh, pandemic, uh, we're shifting gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we've had to move into a lot of online mm -hmm. presentations and Zoom meet. We're trying to figure out where that's going moving forward, at least for the next year of continued mm -hmm. potential challenges. So 
that's kind of all up in the air and uh, I'm board chair right now. So, <laughs> so it's kind of a challenge. So we, we have a board meeting the end of this week. We're going to have an happy, happy hour one evening and then have a couple hour board meeting the next morning uh-huh. to just catch up. But it's a great group of women. It's really built a strong network mm-hmm. of folks. And my goodness, if we ever needed strong women leaders, <laughs> I think now is, is definitely when we need them. Now is the time. Thank you. This is amazing. And yes, we need more strong women. We need more women. And I heard once a presentation and they said, women need to lean in, but it's even more important to step up and uh-huh. stand up. So I thought that was very powerful. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Well, it's interesting you say that because through the work I've done, education everywhere, but certainly in Texas is a political issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to get funding. So I've been involved. I ran for the state house against an incumbent. Mm-hmm. I've run for the state board of education. Both of those really educated me. And I think it was really probably better that I didn't get on either of those <laughs> because it kept it kept me focused on the work I'm doing here that's mm-hmm. really expanded and gotten a lot of focus mm-hmm. at the national level. That's good. We can take little steps and we make a big impact. We, for the listeners in Europe, who knows, like I know Texas is five times bigger than France. So we, we <laughs> know the, how big the state of Texas is. And I've only been at the airport in Houston and in Dallas. That's how much I know about Texas, <laughs> but certainly huge. And I love to hear a little bit about the education and poverty. I mean, it's, it's a huge topic. How can we elevate education for everybody? Well, I started an organization called Panhandle 2020. And the focus there was to pull different institutions and leaders together around a common agenda. That's now called collective impact. But people mm-hmm. didn't, we didn't have that term 20 years ago. But it's really to try to pull people together because so often we operate in silo Mm -hmm. and you've got your K-12 system, you've got your community college, you've got your four years, you've got your early childhood. They didn't always talk to each other. In our community now, we've built systems of support and integration so that we really do understand what the challenges each other face. We sit on each other's committees and Mm. cross-pollinate the boards and such. So we've really understood that. And we I'm a data person. So when you look (laughs) at the data, you've got 70% of our kids on free and reduced lunch. Mm. So when I first started on the school board, I guess 25 years ago now, it was around 50%. So you could tell that the trends weren't going the way you want your community Mm. to go. So I just said, let's all pull together and and convince some other people that we needed to do that. And we focused on building better systems, aligning the current systems, doing things differently inside our systems of education and pulling in outside community support. Mm-hmm. We realized, though, that the largest barrier to educational attainment and to success for families was poverty. While that may have been obvious, it was really, we kind of had to build the economic point that this was an economic issue and people really Mm -hmm. needed to understand for all of our well-being, we really needed to help our low-income families be more successful. So we built in systems of support, both in our K-12 systems, partly learning just how differently we communicate maybe and and how our understanding of, of the different challenges folks in poverty face, 
So we, we really did a lot of education and learning about that. And it's really opened my eyes to the different kinds mm -hmm. of poverty, the different challenges. Let's look at the whole equity issue right mm -hmm. now. The opportunity and the and the privilege that I have mm -hmm. compared to so many of our students or that my kids had. And that's kind of my mission is to create mm -hmm. opportunity for others, like even if they aren't, you know, born into a family with it, how do we create more opportunity mm -hmm. for mo more individuals? So mm -hmm. certainly through our education systems at our community college, Amarillo College has received several national awards. We just got mm -hmm. announced as being in the top 10 of the Aspen mm -hmm. finalists. So oh, fantastic. And the recognition is that, you know, we've looked at who our students really are and what their challenges are that they really face. I serve on Sarah Goldrick Robb's Hope Center board, mm -hmm. focuses on food and housing insecure college students. Mm -hmm. And let's look at the real data. Let's mm -hmm. look at the challenges parents mm -hmm. who are going to school have. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a huge report that sh was just released. Uh, they've stayed on top of the, the COVID challenges. And I don't know how some colleges are addressing this, we were ahead of the game because we had the support systems in mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. we, we had uh, food, access to food, access to emergency aid for housing support if needed, and, and really had built the system network in our community to understand what the resources mm -hmm. were to give our students that opportunity to connect to those and to benefit from those to keep them in school. While I know a lot of colleges uh, in the midst of the pandemic hit had a lot of high, I mean, I think in LA, they had 30% of the kids, students mm -hmm. drop out of their college, we actually had an increase. Oh, wow. We didn't lose students because mm -hmm. we had the supports in place to keep them there. Yeah. You know, we'll see how that continues as, mm. as the challenges persist. But That's fantastic. I, I can go on and on, but I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, but it really goes to say, like, we have that in the show notes in your biography. It says, working to drive positive change. Yep. I can only hear that in your voice. And <laughs> I see you. I see it in your eyes. So that's really beautiful. And I remember our group, and maybe we start to talk about our little group yeah. of the fellowship that we have created. You invited us to talk about education. And I thought that was beautiful just to bring people from different walks of life together. We had Brandy from Canada, Diane from Washington State, Jay from England, right. yeah. and me, mm -hmm. I'm from Switzerland, from Europe, yeah. living in New York. So yeah, this was interesting. The podcasting fellowship, uh, which I highly recommend, mm -hmm. but I actually took it, not sure I was going to do a podcast. I wanted to get some information out about the work we've been doing here and that seemed like a possible uh, mm -hmm. way. And that's turned into my podcast, mm -hmm. Annette mm -hmm. on Education. Mm -hmm. I really also took it to learn a different way of educating. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that Seth Godin has really been big on uh, shifting the mm -hmm. way we educate students yeah. and each other and that we continue uh, our lifelong learning. And uh, so I've been a fan of his for a long time. And, and I was just blown away by just how supportive this group mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. been. I mean, we had, I believe we had 467 is the number I'm remembering wow. in our podcast group mm -hmm. that, in that cohort. But I would say what, maybe 30 people finished. I think so. that. 
mm-hmm. something like that. And, and those of us, uh, you mm-hmm. know, some of us bonded more than others, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't make 466 new friends, <laughs> but, but I made a half dozen really good friends. I would think day. so, yeah. And folks from across mm-hmm. the world. And that's, yeah. that's what fascinates me is that mm-hmm. it's built this bond between us and mm-hmm. shared interest, even though our podcasts are all about various things. And, mm. you know, we, we interview one another and, mm. and share our podcast. Happy to be on here with you. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I feel like, so Annette's podcast is called Annette of Education. And one of my goals is always lifelong learning, right? And I'm an Ironman. I think we can all learn from each other. And it's, we all have more or less the same message that we want to share with the world And it was just fantastic to see how we can support each other. And my point also is I've taken a lot of online classes and I've always taken them alone. Mm -hmm. And I started with the Akimbo, with the TPF. And I realized they had a Saturday call. And one Saturday I was like, oh, let me just chime in and maybe see. And all of a sudden I realized if we support each other, my work gets better. I get to know other people. I get to know amazing other people like Annette. When would I ever meet you? I think Mm -hmm. we would have never met. Even though you you live down the street from my (laughs) (laughs) sister-in-law. Yeah, that's true. But I think in New York, you have your head down, you don't look up and you don't see. But Seth Godin has created such a fantastic platform to get to know each other. And we were a few chosen ones to even have a beta class yeah. together. Yeah, so we were, beta. that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to learn the, the physical uh, endurance that you have <laughs> to be an Iron Woman. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's. I think everybody has the endurance and I was just on a call and we were talking about resilience and they say we all have it. So we just need to reawaken it. And I think with the podcast, we're also vulnerable. We interview people and get the best out of the other people. And I remember, maybe you can share a little bit. I was impressed when you had the Mother's Day um, <laughs> episode and the Father's Day episode that just recently came out. Tell us a little bit about that. I thought that was a lot of fun. Well, on the Mother's Day episode, I was trying to figure out what I could do special. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'll interview my boys. Yeah. And uh, my three boys who live, two of them in different parts of California, one in Kansas. And we had a lot of, I thought they had a lot of wise things to say Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. very diverse viewpoints. They all, you know, went to the same schools here, but then after high school, Mm -hmm. diverged uh, and went their separate ways and then ended up in their respective locations now. And so I decided for Father's Day, I'd do a Mm -hmm. turnaround Mm -hmm. and have them have the boys interview their dad. Now I had interviewed him on a previous podcast because of his expertise in in infectious disease. And so that was, that's been my most popular podcast Mm -hmm. today was the history of pandemics. And so it kind of puts it in perspective, what we as humans have dealt with for a long time. Mm -hmm. But on Father's Day, I just turned them loose and I I asked (laughs) them to please behave, but they interviewed their dad. And it's, there's a whole lot of laughter going on. And I put my eldest in charge because I felt like otherwise it would just be total chaos. And sure enough, uh, it was chaotic a little bit, but I thought they did a really good job interviewing him. Mm -hmm. And and it really was about lifelong learning. That was the focus of that podcast. And he reads more than probably any human I know. 
And mm. yet he's a busy doctor and he, he loves to continue learning. Well, that's as, what they say. Doctor. If you don't keep learning, then you rust and you end up not, not in a good place. Yeah. <laughs> and I have one final question. I mean, like, I'm curious. I'm always curious. And yeah. I read a performance review. My boss said, you're curious enough. I don't agree with him. So how did you, you said at the beginning, you did research on bats. How did that happen? I think this is so funny. I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I went to Texas Tech University in Lubbock. It's about two hours from here. Mm -hmm. uh, got my, I've always been interested in science. So I'm mm -hmm. just brought up, I'm fascinated by science. And my older brother was as well. And he's, he's a doctor here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time just exploring outside, mm -hmm. learning about animals, learning about creatures. Mm -hmm. I'm reading a fascinating book on fungi right now on funguses. So <laughs> it's, it's just wonderful. And, but I've always been curious to learn about the world around me Good. and science is how you do that. Just when I went to college, I ended up taking a mammalogy class from mm -hmm. guy, Robert Baker, and he ended up being my major professor in my mm -hmm. master's degree. And mm -hmm. he did research on that. So mm -hmm. when I started working in his lab, uh, that's, that's what I worked on. That's what I worked on for my master's degree. Interesting. So. I never met somebody who did that. So that's, <laughs> that's certainly a first. I, I sometimes see the bats when they fly around. Interesting. Certainly it's very interesting animals, yeah. to say the least. We worked on bats that were from other parts of the world, the mm. Central and South America, the New World leaf nose bats. So did chromosomal evolution studies on them. It's fascinating. I don't have anything to say, but the bats are <laughs> is an interesting aspect. Thank you so much, Annette. This is really cool. So whoever wants to listen to Annette's podcast, it's Annette of Education. We will have everything in the show notes. Good luck, and we need more of you. Thank you, Annette. Oh, thank this you, really Susanna. Cool. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. thank you. Nice conversation to have with Annette from Texas. We can always learn something new. I didn't know about the bats. What are you taking away from this talk? Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday, every Wednesday. Chime in, leave a review. Thank you so much. But don't forget, get loopy.com. You get 20% off of your first order.